This is not a military takeover. Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. It's Friday, it's 11 o'clock, and it's time for the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show with your host, Armitage. That was, of course, The Clash and What's My Name from the band's debut self-titled album. I played it because I thought on last week's show I forgot to name-check one of my sinister six regular listeners. That would be David Williams. Morning, David. He's listening in as he makes his way into work Saturday morning. Uh, Changing the six to the secret seven in the process. A fact that I told him at the Warner E. Hodges gig. However... I did mention him, so it's still the Sinister Six. No, I haven't got Alzheimer's. I've been up for over 20 hours. Thanks for that, Barn. Oh, and Barn, David drove past you last week. No, he didn't. In my experience, most people wind their window down and call you a wanker as they drive past, but not David. He's far too nice for that. Right, new music time, and uh, I was planning on playing the title track from JJ and the Real Jerks' new album, Mess You Up. That is due to hit the real and virtual record shops at the end of this month through heavy medication records. However, Joe from the band emailed me over their new single, Lost Souls Pub, that sounds remarkably like this.
major news forward stroke controversy in the music industry over the last week or so was at the end of March, the Choir Boys, in a short one-sentence statement, said the Choir Boys have parted company with Spike and will continue as a five-piece with all other current members. Now, I didn't see that coming. And apparently, neither did Spike, who was quick to reply that, and I quote, I have received a letter from three of my band members informing me that my services are no longer required to sing or perform with them. In February, Spike was unable to play with the Choir Boys at the Monsters of Rock cruise in Miami due to COVID issues with guitarist Griff covering vocal duties, something he's done before at a Swedish festival with many fans congratulating him on doing a stunning job. Same fans that are now calling for his blood. To be fair and impartial, I don't think that this was a decision the band came to lightly. I hardly think that during a WhatsApp group chat, they said, look, it's Tuesday. Nothing happens on a Tuesday. Let's sack Spike. To add credence to this, the band a week later made a further, much more detailed explanation, with Spike replying a few hours later with his own view on the situation. I won't read either out, only because both go on for a bit and Barton will be hitting the Shut the fuck up! button and I'm sure you can seek both out if you so desire. The upshot is that there seems there'll be two versions of the Choir Boys. Spike's Choir Boys and the Choir Boys. This sort of thing never works out well for either party. Neither have the funds to take the other to court to prevent them using the name. That's why there are two touring and recording versions of Sham 69 and for a while Queen's Rush and LA Guns. Now I first saw the band up at the Bullock Gate in uh, Kentish Town when Chris Johnson was on bass. This was before Nigel Mogg had joined. Nearly every time they played the marquee, apart from when Metallica were playing the 100 Club as Damage Inc. on the same day, Ginger's first appearance with them, supporting Guns N' Roses at Hammersmith, with Daryl Bath at the bottom line in Shepherd's Bush, Michael Lee on drums, Dan in Gillingham, Jason Bonham. That, you know, the list goes on and on. Thinking about it, they are you know, probably my most seen band. I am planning on seeing them down in Guildford in May and Spike and Chris at the Cabinet in June. Yes, Guy Griffin isn't Spike, but by the same token, Dio wasn't Aussie, Coverdale wasn't Gillen and Bruce Dickinson was no Paul Diano. I agree that they now have no original members anymore, but uh, look at Napalm Death, Dr Feelgood. Support and enjoy both camps. Watch out. 
have it automatic, pull the record out of ground. After the choir boys and the guy Griffin led live version of seven o'clock, you heard because I played gold record autograph taken from the Animal EP by Susie Moon that hit the real and virtual record shops last Friday. Thanks to Nick Griffin's Rock Bottom on Phoenix FM, who over the last month has been playing the heck out of it so much so I thought the band were Australian. They're not hailing from LA and are just about to embark on the American Wasteland Tour supporting Ravages. Yeah, many of you know that I always, well, nearly always, record the gigs that I go to, purely as an you know, audio historian. Back in the day, it was with a handheld cassette recorder. Come the digital age, an Olympus WS200S was my weapon of choice. Hit Priests, Chuck Norris Experiment, Role Models, Black Bombers and the Dirty Strangers have all used my recordings for official live releases. Sadly, when I came to transfer the files after seeing Neon Animal at the cavern in February, those dreaded words, repair, appeared on the device screen. Basically, meaning it's fucked. Fortunately, I had stashed away a backup spare ready for such an incident. The WS200S has been superseded many, many times, so I thought, you know, I'll upgrade to the WS853 for the Super Suckers gig. You know, the, the, the thing is, the newer model now has a plethora of different settings for, you know, different situations. Trialling it out at the aforementioned Super Suckers gig down in Brighton, the result was distorted as heck. Thinking that this might happen, I took my spare WS200S so the gig was safely archived. I think I've sussed it out by turning every setting on the new model to do with recording level to off. Yet in a semi-rash moment after checking with Uber gig taper Alex, I bought the Tascam DR05X that I took to the uh, Warner E. Hodges band gig at the Hope and Anchor. Yes, I took the backup WS200S. Uh, first on the bill uh, were the dead horn braids that would be Maria Repulsive's debut live gig with them. Unfortunately, she was involved in a car accident on the way to soundcheck. Luckily, she was unhurt, but as you, know, you can imagine, she was uh, very shaken up and in no condition for a rock and roll gig. It would be wrong of me to say I was disappointed at the lack of Maria because you know, guitarist Nigel has been handling vocal duties since the band's inception and doing a sterling job. He just he wanted to con concentrate on... Uh, 
guitaring. And Don Friday not tripping up on the stage carpet that come loose, just where he was standing. The Dead Hombres, for me, are a cross between Dick Dale, The Stooges, The Damned. One of their standout tracks is Crazy People. The Close Friday set, obviously, I recorded it uh, with my new Tascam and the backup. With the Tascam, you can adjust the recording level as you're going along. I had it on zero. I'm reasonably happy with the result. Probably needs tweaking. A and B being the two, the WS200S sounds uh, much more punk with the DR05X giving a warmer, more professional sound. Come on, Barton, admit it. You so wanted to hit the... Shut the fuck up! ...button, but, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have blamed you if you had. The Dead Hombre's next skit, hopefully with Maria on vocals, is on the 16th at the Cries Art Centre in Carl for the Misfits Ball, raising awareness and funds for mental health charities. And I can't wait to hear her take on the songs. As David Williams... Him again, pointed out, and I have to agree with him, the witch doctors on a Friday night should be headlining the likes of Brixton Academy. A bold statement, I think you'll agree. But after seeing them live on numerous occasions, and certainly after Friday night's performance, David is bang on. Lead vocalist, guitarist, Planet Andy, is a force of nature. A great raconteur, obviously. It helps if the rest of the band, that'll be Tony Major, lead guitaring, Joe Colfer, drumming and reasonably new boy, Lee Page, on four string duties, can keep up and match him. 
which they seem to do with these. Plus, you have to have the songs, which again, they do. The band's last album, Voodoo Eye, is unfeasibly now six years old and 26, I think, since their debut. Catching up with Joe and Andy before the gig, they informed me that new songs had been written, two of which were going to be aired in their set, in the shape and form of Spanner in the Works and the ironically but aptly titled Before the War, with proper old-school singles on the not-too-distant event horizon. I have to say, in a set of outstanding songs, Before the War is crying out to be turned into vinyl.
a dead on braised witch doctor split seven inch featuring crazy people and the just heard before the war now that's an idea the witch doctor's next gig is supporting the godfathers at the 100 club on friday the 22nd unfortunately i won't be able to make it having to be up at 4 30 a.m the following day for work poxy bank holiday knock-on effect i did wonder how on earth Warner E. Hodges' band could possibly follow the Witch Doctor's blistering set, something that was not lost on Warner, who addressed this by saying the only thing that they could do was to go completely opposite and start with the slowest song in their considerable repertoire. Uh, that, I believe, was gunsling. I say believe. As the band had already hit the stage whilst I was upstairs catching up with friends and... Uh, Oh yeah, I hadn't seen for ages. And Gunslinger was the song they were playing as I came crashing down and in. Oh, as an aside, an apology to the Dark Lord of Barnet, who I didn't get a chance to chat to as I was trying to scrounge a couple of quid off the squirrel, actually, it was Alan who saved the day, as uh, I was £2 short on buying the Warner E. Hodges band Boots Up 2 CD set. The merch guy told me a tenner was fine, as that is all I, the cash I had on me even though he had a card machine, but there was no reception in the Hope and Anchor basement. But two quid is two quid towards a meal deal, and uh, by the time I got back, the dark one had gone. Right, back to the gig in hand. Wow. Shockingly, I have only seen Warner E. Hodges live once before, in 1986, playing in Jason and the Sculptures at the Ritz in New York with the Georgia Satellites as support. I had a choice. The Ramones at Lemoors or Jason and the Scorchers with the Georgia Satellites. Tough choice, Ramones in their hometown or two bands making huge musical waves. I still think I'll make the correct choice, but dang, why couldn't they be on different days? The Warner E. Hodges band, that comprise of, obviously, Warner, John Powney on drums, Ben Marsden on guitar and Jason Knight on bass, who uh, I was sure was going to bang his head on the low crossbeam whilst jumping around. Thankfully, he didn't. Anyway, they plunder the whole of Warner's back catalogue. Solo, Jason and Sculptures, Homemade Sin, with a whole slurry of choice covers. A couple of ACDC uh, in the shape and form of Riff Raff and Let There Be Rock. The most surprising uh, was The Wild Hearts, My Baby Is A Head Fuck. Maybe not that surprising, considering Ginger had a hand in writing Golden Days on Halcyon Times when uh, and when. Jason was uh, unavailable, fronted the uh, Ginger and the Scorchers in 2007. The stories between songs that Warner regaled had me laughing and crying in equal measures. Uh, getting fired on the first day of rehearsals by Iggy Pop to waking up four days later in a Holiday Inn in Toronto after just telling his then-wife he was just popping out. A spoken word evening with Warner E. Hodges has got to be on the cards. He told us that not only did he grow up listening to the likes of Waylon Jennings, but also the Ramones and the Sex Pistols, then launched into Holidays in the Sun that turned into the Big Bopper's White Lightning, a medley that's on the aforementioned Boots Up album, which obviously heralds this week's Covers Corner.
I never got into, let alone saw live with the cramps. Listening to Henry Rowland's KCLW radio show last Sunday, he played their version of Third Bardo's Five Years Ahead of My Time, and I get the feeling I should investigate them. Any pointers on which Gateway album of theirs I should purchase would be greatly appreciated. Recommendations can be emailed to armitage at theparanormalschool.com or message me on Facebook. Thank you in advance. time last week I was waiting for the physical version of the helicopter's Eyes of Oblivion 2 CD set to arrive so I could air one of the covers with threats of editing Sunday's repeat to accommodate 
if it arrived on Saturday. Clearly it didn't. Finally landing on my doormat yesterday. Yesterday being Thursday the 7th of April. Future streaming, downloading and non-live rock radio UK. Listeners, the songs that the copters have tackled are Eleanor Rigby by the Fab Four, Circus by String Driven Thing, I Ain't No Miracle Worker by the Brogues and this by GBH, I Am The Hunted. For the aforementioned Copters album, looks like it was a fantastic affair that back in the day I would have flown over for. You know, I must be getting old. As I mentioned last week, all of the regular album was going to be played live, just not by the helicopters, but by Freedom. The whole of their cover set is up on their Facebook page. A great job they did too, but don't take my word for it. This is Freedom and Reap a Hurricane live.
Clearly not recorded on a Tascam DR-05X. As you know, I love getting demos of songs that aren't quite fully formed, hearing how they have changed or will change, as the case may be. Earlier in the week, Duncan of Duncan Reed and the Big Heads, a.k.a. the world's best-looking heavy melody power-pop punk band, sent me two demos that he and the Big Heads are going to record for album number six. Album number six, I hear you cry, we still haven't had the launch gig for album number four. That'll be Don't Blame Yourself. Five was the live album before we start. Imagine if at the Don't Blame Yourself launch gig that's part of this year's Pump It Up Power Pop Weekender in June, uh, they play songs from the new album. That would be weird, but to be expected. If you nip over to DuncanReadandTheBigHeads.com and click on the blog page, you will discover that you can pre-order album number six on CD, vinyl and a CD of demos. Not only that, but with every pre-order, you can choose one of the Big Head's first four albums for free. Again, I hear you cry, but we already own them. Now, this is very true. But think of one of your musically challenged friends who has yet to own a slice of Power Pop Heaven. Think how good you'll look in their eyes. Barton, consider my as-yet-undecided free CD yours. What? I'll ask. Duncan... Barton would like the CD of the 2019 reissue of A Little Big Head. Yes, I know, Von Ritchie drums on it. You can't have it signed. Oh, bloody hell. Uh, from the demo CD for album number six, this is Lost Again. <laughs>
I'll also be putting a link to the pre-order on today's show notes over at theparanormalsquirrel.com. Talking to split singles, as I was earlier on in the show, Bitch Queens and Scumbag Millionaire have just done that on the very excellent Lux Noise record label. The Bitch Queens is 2008, while Scumbag Millionaire is Fast Bob. Until next week, take it easy.
Thanks for tuning in to the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show, where you don't have to wear a mask or observe social distancing. This episode of the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show was produced by Bart and Stacey, engineered by Fenny Bridges, and was hosted by Armitage Schmidt, and was a Wopsis Lodge production. Thank you.